Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. For all NBA Warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. What up? We're back. It's Justin and Matt. And we are Golden Spaces, an Odyssey original podcast. So that was a great conversation, I thought, in the first segment, Justin. Yeah, I think so, too. Had to, had to you know, put some things out there. To some to some people on Twitter, you had to let them know a little bit. I mean, that's not what it's about. Like for me, it's just I don't know. I I just get really annoyed by like you know, it's so easy to just ignore people. Like people tweet shit, and I just ignore it, or do the normal shit. I send it to people and be like, "What is this person talking about?" That's it. Do what normal people do. No. Y'all want to get all up in my mentions and then be surprised when I reply. Like, yes, I'm going to reply. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, and I I just want to say also as background, because I think some people think that like I'm just being like doing it to be difficult or I just want to defend the team. Um which is the furthest thing from the truth because you've heard me call out the team on this show before. So, and members of the team. So um, outside of Anthony Lamb, I have like went in on people on the team. So it's, <laughs> it's not just that, but I'm a lawyer by training and lawyers are just trained. The way we're trained to think is to kind of look at things in very nuanced ways. Like nothing is really ever black or white. It's gray. Some things are true, something. It's just like the way that I think. And that's how I watch basketball. So I'm rarely ever going to fall into this camp like, oh, they just didn't care. And oh, it's just like, I, I, I just don't see things like that. So if you don't like that about me, then I suggest you don't follow me. Um, but if you do, then you're going to understand that's how I look at things and like try to approach a conversation with me like that. I'm not going to respond well to like that, you know, like, the anger and the hysteria and like, that's just, Mm -hmm. I don't respond well to that. In fact, it makes me even probably more combative. (laughs) So it it just, it's not moving to me. It's not compelling. Um, But back, back to the players. Cause I want to, I want to talk about some of the players. Cause I thought there were so many interesting things said yesterday. Right. So um, Kerr made it a, point to kind of note that like he kind of felt like near the end of the game really the fourth quarter but I guess like late in the third like 
that was like Andrew Wiggins. Like they first started to see the signs of Wiggins and he wasn't even scoring a lot. It's not that, but like what they need him to do for the team. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, so he said that, but Steph talked about like coming back and he didn't say this directly, but like you just had to kind of make the connection. And he's like, I have a lot of experience coming back from, from injuries, you know, or being out from, for like a long absence. So he knows sort of what it takes and like the process you got to go through. But if people remember, this is the first time Andrew Wiggins has been out for this amount Mm -hmm. of time in his career. He hasn't missed this much time. And he talked about like there being sort of like almost a um, it's a mental and physical thing, but there's a process where you got to shock the body, right? So he's like, there's nothing that can like replicate in game situations and that level you got to get to. And you got to shock your body because like, you don't actually remember what it's like to get back to that intensity, what you got to do to get there, right? So there, there's something in you. And I thought that was interesting because it was basically like him saying like, that was my point. I don't think it was ever like Andrew's like, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to go out here and give my effort. I think it's like him trusting, you know, that his, mm-hmm. like, that his body can do that and remembering like what he needs to do. And I know that that seems sort of crazy to people. Like, what do you mean? Like, why doesn't he just go out there and do what he has to do? But he has to like get back there. And so something happened during the game where he like, finally did. And I mean, Andrew Wiggins himself said he didn't think it was going to take him long. He thought it would take a couple of games, you know, now it's his second game. And so I just don't understand why we can't have that patience to let him do that, you know, and no one was particularly attacking Wiggins, but a lot of what Wiggins was doing on defense also helped them late when they were making it. He was diving on the floor, the way he was guarding players, right. But he had to get back to feeling okay to play like that. And mm-hmm. so I just thought it was interesting, like the way Steph, Steph broke it down. The other thing he said about himself, he's like, yeah, he actually felt better as the game went on. And he talked about that process of, you know, you're, you're on a minutes restriction. And actually Kurt said like, there wasn't a strict minutes restriction before the game and Steph ended up playing almost 32 minutes. Right. That, that's what I'm trying to show you. Like they were trying to win this game. Right. <laughs> Like, I don't, I don't understand why people think that they didn't want to win this game because like Steph Kerr wasn't rigid about the minutes. Most of the guys played like over 30 minutes, the main guys, you know, um, but he said like, when you get pulled earlier, like basically when his rotation is different, right? Like there's a part of you, you maybe hold back a little bit because like you don't know and and like you're trying to figure out how things are going to look so there's something going on for them so like when we don't see them doing certain things in the beginning they're also trying to figure out the flow of the game what's going to happen because their rotation is going to look different tonight you know so there's a process they're working through things and I don't I don't think people are factoring that in I think they're just like Oh, they like they they don't look intense out there, so they don't care. It's pathetic. It's pathetic, you know. So <laughs> he he was talking through some of those things, and like with respect to his shoulder specifically, he said he didn't care. Like 
not he didn't care it doesn't really matter how his shoulder's feeling he doesn't think that that's relevant the the point of knowing that he can sort of come back is when he's not thinking about the shoulder while he's playing where he's not worried that something's gonna because the shoulder's gonna feel how it's gonna feel but when he doesn't when it doesn't come into your mind that you're not thinking about it as you're playing on the court then like you like you kind of know that you're good and mm-hmm. so he's like he's not thinking about his shoulder while he's out there but he said he did start to feel good as the game went on and I think we saw that we saw him like get into a rhythm he was hitting his shots you know um he got a little worked up you know so we saw that as the game progressed and I I thought all of that was just like really fascinating to hear and interesting yeah it goes back to the point um we made last pod like these dudes are not robots right they're actual human beings and they have mental hurdles and all these other things factoring into how they approach or come into a game or feel throughout a game. Um, And especially when you add on coming back from injury, when you add on um, just the fatigue and the grind of a season at this point in the season, you're at the midpoint. So um, yeah, it's just something to consider. Like they're, that's why mailing in the season at this point just doesn't, (laughs) doesn't really make sense at, uh, at all from, from that standpoint, knowing that they're going to look better, as they go on, as they continue to build the rebuild the chemistry as guys who have been out, continue to build their conditioning and their rhythm back. And as guys who've been playing a ton of minutes up to this point, kind of, kind of taper their minutes down and get their legs back underneath them, um, potentially getting some rest here or there going forward. Um, that doesn't mean that they don't need to change anything, but it does mean that this isn't like the end of anything. Right. And then you factor in the standings. Sure. They could be, third right now they could be fourth right now and it's pretty frustrating that they aren't but it's not like they're 12th you know it's not like they're a thousand games behind whoever's in fourth or third right now and just have no way to get up to them Um, I think there's still a very clear path for them to climb up the standings get home court advantage at least in the first round of the playoffs and you know from there you just play who's in front of you and it's going to be very tough to beat those dudes four times so just got to acknowledge that these these people are people and they have things that they, they got to deal with and get over with. And, you know, it's it's annoying to lose to the the sons in this way. But it is what it is. You move on to the next game. To me, I think what was positive is how I mean, granted, the sons were missing a lot of players, but. To me, what was the positive is what you saw from the team late in the game. So you know that they have the ability to do it. It was like their best guys on the court for the most part. I mean, Andre, like I said, was in some of those lineups, but you know that Kerr still trusts them and will go to him. Um, He also was probably going to him because that was just probably like a better option than Loon, right, at that point. But they know what to do. They know how to do it. They, you know, because like, Steph was like, look, I'm not saying like we're going to be picking up guys full court all game, right? And and that's what I was trying to explain to people because they're like, there's a clear difference in how they're playing now. That's what people were saying to me. Yeah, but you cannot possibly expect them to play like this all game. <laughs> like that, that's not practical. Um, yes, you would like it to look different when they first come out, but they're not going to play like that all game. But, you know, he talked a lot about like what they need to do and the right things to do. And he's like, look, we've been saying it like it was the same messaging from everyone. Like Steve said, he thought um, this was actually going to be good for them, you know, 
Um, and he told the coaches that. And I do too. You know, and I like this is what I'm trying to tell y'all. And y'all not don't even be agreeing with Steve Kerr like that. But I, I do too. You know, I think it was um I it's not that I believe that they need to lose to win. I just think it was it's sort of like I mean, this is a regular season game, but to me, it's sort of like the Memphis series when they went down um, 2-1 and like, or even the finals when like they they went down um, 2-1, but you kind of saw that they were making a comeback and even though it didn't pull off like that, Steph sort of figured out something, they figured out something. And to me, the good thing was that you saw that they kind of started to figure out something like Andrew Wiggins started to look more like himself. Steph looked more in rhythm. And so he talked about bottling that up and taking it on the road, you know? And um, I asked him too about like, to, to, you know, cause they're all like, they, we need to win on the road. And like, you know, Jordan said, it's time to start like getting some wins. And they're like, we've been saying this, we got to do it. And I asked Steph, like, is there any concern over the ability to go in on the road. And like, I know they don't have concern, but like, like Steph and Dre and those guys. So I basically said, do you think any of the young guys, because I know the vets don't. Right. And I said, so do you think anywhere, because you guys really haven't won a lot and there's so much talk about the road losses. Do you think anyone anywhere is feeling like you guys actually don't have the ability to win on the road? And, you know, he's just like, nah, I mean, if you're already thinking like that, that's a problem. And he's like, we're going to go back and watch tape. And he he broke down all the things that they got to do to be better. And he was aware of it even like, you know, during the game. So I know it's sort of like, well, if you know those things, why didn't you do it? But I just think there was a lot happening in that game last night. That's all I'm saying. Like, I'm not saying that it's okay. What I'm saying is if they're still doing this three, four games later, like that's when you react and get upset not in Steph's first game back Andrew Wiggins second game back Andre Iguodala's is it second game back whatever it is maybe it's third but like not when there's three rotation pieces that you're trying to work back into the lineup not after we know other guys have sort of been tired and exhausted and like the the, the rotations are wonky like to me this is just not the game to have this reaction to I feel you I feel you. I mean, yeah, played a little bit of devil's advocate. That team, you you don't lose to that team. <laughs> that's all. Yeah, that's I mean, all people I'm are going to keep saying that, but, like, I, I just don't know what that means, and I don't subscribe to that. Like, I just feel like on any given night, an NBA team can beat you. Like, yeah, I just feel like all the times people tell me, like, that you just don't happen. They lost to Memphis by, like, 40 in the playoffs, whatever it was. Oh, you don't lose like that. Okay, but they did. And they still went on to lose the finals. Like, I mean, like, how many times are you going to tell me there's just something you're not supposed to do? Well, this team does it. Like, it just is what it is. Yeah. So, I mean, we can keep saying that. And then what? What does that mean? They don't do it and you're mad for a night? Like, I'm sorry. I don't need that kind of stress in my life. I got other things going on. So, you get that mad. And what does it fucking do for you? And then later now when you're cheering, you know what's going to happen? You're going to have petty people like me. You're going to be like, Oh, the team can win again. They're great again. Cause like, <laughs> y- like y'all get really fucking emo for like, like to me, like I said, to me, this is just not the game. Like you can lose on any given night and we've seen them have bad losses. This is not like their worst loss in the history of the war- warriors. We've seen them lose the games like to teams like this before we've seen it. So 
you know, Damian Lee masterclass. He was coming back to get his ring. The Suns have lost <laughs> eight in a row. Like, it, or at six or eight. I don't remember. I looked, but I was like, damn. You know, like, it just, I don't know. This is not the game that's going to do it for me. There are games that do it for me. This is not one of those games. Um, and, 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 and maybe, honestly, I'm going to be real. Like, maybe if I wasn't here, I wouldn't feel like that. And I say that because I watch them in practice. Right. Like I, I like they've just said too much where I know they care. I, I don't believe tonight was I don't believe last night was a night where they walked in with a I don't care attitude. That's what I'm saying, even though. And, and so because I believe that, then I have to try to understand what else might have been happening, why they look the way they looked. And that's what I'm saying. Like, to me, there can be other reasons for something besides they just don't care and, you know, and that's really more my point. So it's not that I thought that they were playing great and they were doing what they needed to do. There's a part of me that's giving them the grace to figure things out as they come back. But it's like, okay, well, why, why is this happening? You know, because they've all expressed that, like, they want to win this game. They lost two in a row. They don't like losing at home. I mean, they don't like losing ever, but they take pride in the whole, like, you know, how they win at Chase. So all those things matter to them. So that's what I'm saying. It's just like, I'm just not like compelled and going to get it like all uptight. There it is. And even, even Jordan, you know, because the fan base is so thirsty and they're on this, Jordan doesn't want to play when he comes off the bench, but when he starts. So I asked them that question, you know, I said, is there a different approach to like your like do you have a different approach when you're starting versus coming off the bench that's essentially what i asked him mm-hmm. and it was one of the most detailed answers he actually gave last night there were like several questions jordan was asking and he's like i don't know i don't know i don't even remember what some of the questions were but those were literally his answers but like <laughs> he answered maybe he was asked maybe five or six questions and maybe there's only like a few of them that he gave answers to but my question was one of the ones he gave the longest answers to. It was like a very detailed, thoughtful answer. And he just, he talked about when you're starting that you kind of figure out some things with the game a little earlier than when you come off the bench and, you know, but he's like, it's not really a difference in my approach. It's just, you figure out things about the game sooner than you do when when you don't. And so- Whatever. I'm not saying that that excuse him not like, you know, let like he definitely lets how his shot is affect, you know, other aspects of his game. Um, I think for someone like Clay, when Clay was doing that, the reason it's more disappointing to me when Clay does it is because we know Clay is like a top defender. We've seen him do that. Um, and we, we've seen like for a whole series when Clay's shot isn't falling and you know like I mean we've we've seen Clay not have great finals performances but he still impacted the game in other ways right so I'm not giving Jordan a pass for that but I don't know that Jordan has fully yet figured out the ways to like you know impact the game when his shot isn't falling and like he's not yet known to be a great defender and I don't know that like we just want to get Jordan to be a neutral defender. I don't ever, I don't know that he's ever going to be like this, you know? And so 
he may have less to offer, I guess, <laughs> when his shot isn't falling than someone like Clay. And so I understand why it gets to him a little bit, um, I guess, in a different way. And also um, some of it, too, I think, is he doesn't trust his shot right now because it's not falling. Because some of, like, the, the defensive lapses are not great. But I also saw him, not to the extent of, like, a moody, but I saw at points him playing a little timid out there, like, Mm-hmm. not trusting himself and he has to get past that. But so I, I think that's why he's, he's a younger player. He's a developing player. We need him. He's important. He's helped the team win before, but I think I give him a little bit more like he's still learning. So he has to figure that out. Definitely. Definitely. Um, it's just more so like, like you said, navigating that, like trying to figure out how can I impact the game if my shot's not falling It's just, you know, control what you can control. If you sometimes, you know, your shot's just not going to go in, but you can always control how aggressive you go to the basket. You can always control how um, how much you are willing to, like, let the offensive players do, right? Are you just going to let them do one move and you're out of the play, or are you going to actually try to make them change direction and stuff like that? So he can get a little better at the little things like that overall, but definitely still very early in his career and his developmental process, like, Five years from now, he still won't. He still won't be thirty years old. You know, he could be improving every every game for the next five years straight, and it wouldn't surprise anybody. So, um, I think people definitely go a little bit too far with the Jordan Poole like reactions to his game. Right? I thought his effort for the first three and a half quarters of last night's game was terrible, and I did say that. But to say like some of the things that people say is just a little bit too far. Um, so right, but and the thing is, if you're gonna talk about his effort, it's like talk about everyone else's effort, right? And so, and and some people were doing that, but at the same time, where you're willing to give a pass to maybe Andrew and Steph because they just came back. On the on the flip side of that, Jordan has been playing a lot of minutes, right? Mm -hmm. So Kerr made it a point to point out that like when they practiced the other day, guys like Jordan did not scrimmage. The heavy minutes guys, Jordan, Dre, Loon, Dante, right? There's a reason the coach is not making those guys scrimmage. They're tired. It's been a lot on their bodies. So understand that there's still like an expense that Jordan was playing, you know, paying from all of that. So he can also still be a little fatigued and right. And then you still need him in this game to come in and do something because your other two guys are still working their way back, you know? So at the same yep. time, again, when you're killing him, Jordan helped. He was part of what helped get them back in the game. Right. And so it's just taking all those things into account. So yeah, there's going to be limits to how much I'm going to go in on him. Yep. This. All right. Let's break there, and then we'll come back and wrap it up. You're tuned in to Golden Spaces with Justin and Nat. We'll be right back. 